Thank you, worship team. Always a blessing, huh? Always a blessing. Uh, welcome, uh, whether you're here live or live stream. I know lots of people live stream, but welcome to everybody. And you're probably saying, where are my glasses? Well, uh, in fact, Linda came up and said, Pastor Chuck, you don't look good. You look like you're sick. I go, that's because I don't have my glasses on. So, oh, that's it. That's it. So, thank you, Linda. Okay. Uh, <laughs> My own, my own family does it constantly, don't worry. But, uh, but what happened is, you, as I got the cataract surgeries, as you know, the one eye's good, the other one's not, and so the glasses that they gave me temporarily aren't working. I can't see at all with them anymore. So I have these reading ones for preaching, but once I put these on, I won't be able to see your face. You'll all be blurry, all right? Uh, so that, so it'll be my revenge. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh Oh, I better put them on now. All right. So uh, I want to say thank you to everybody for uh, I'll do this. Uh, thank you, everybody, for giving uh, for 2021. Bob, uh, you can see on the back of the bulletin, we ended up ahead of budget uh, for first time in many years. We always come out ahead because we don't spend our whole budget. But this year we actually came out ahead and all the craziness. God has blessed us, which gives us a chance to do even more ministry. That's why, that's why we care about the money. You know, we never announce it. We don't pass a plate, nothing. But I want to just say we, we're thankful to God for your faithful giving. And it just makes it possible to just reach more people and do more missions and more ministries. So thank you for that, everybody. All right. Thank you, God, for that. Right. Uh, Okay, also, uh, this is, <laughs> I gotta do this. All right, uh, Communion Sunday today. We're having Communion Sunday, and to prepare for that, we're in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 12. And if you grab the Bible on the way in, it's page 919. 919 is on the way in. And if you need a Bible, be our guest, take it. Also, if you want to follow the sermons, if you've missed this, any of them, or if you just want to go back and listen, uh, you can go on, on the back of the bulletin there, have all the different sites. There's a YouTube site and a podcast site and a Podbean site and all kinds of sites you can uh, you can follow that along on the back of the bulletin which Kim Polson put together for us isn't that nice the new bulletins uh, really really nice so thank you Kim for that so the title for today is a spirit-led mission in life and did the kids already leave uh, yeah okay they made their escape good I almost forgot that all right a spirit-led mission in life acts 12 24 through 13 3 and I'm going to start out with a song. <clears throat> that's right. They don't let me sing on the worship team, so I, that's why I always bring in my own songs. All right. Uh, this is from youth group. Some of you might remember when the Spirit says move. Anybody remember when the Spirit says move? It's an old youth group song from back when I was a youth pastor many, many, many years ago. All right. So you've got to help me out with this. I'm going to start it. If I start coughing, you've got to really help me. All right. There you go. It goes like this. <laughs> this is always traumatic for me. I don't know how you guys do this. I don't know how you guys do this. All right. Uh, when the spirit says move, you gotta move. Ooh, ooh. When the spirit says move, you gotta move. When the spirit says move, you gotta move. Oh Lord. When the spirit says move, you gotta move. Uh, move. Uh, move. Uh, uh. See, it's once, one, then twice. All right. You got that? All right. When the spirit says cry, you gotta cry. All right, we'll go with that. Boo-hoo. Wah, wah, boo-hoo. All right, we'll go. Try it your own. When the Spirit says cry, you better cry. When the Spirit says cry, you better cry. Oh, Lord. When the Spirit says cry, you better cry. Cry. Once, just once. Cry. Bow to. There you go. There you go. Okay. All right, we'll do another. When the Spirit says laugh, you better laugh. Ha, ha. When the Spirit says laugh, you better laugh. When the Spirit says laugh, you better laugh. Oh, Lord, when the Spirit says laugh, you better laugh. Laugh. 
laugh. That was very remo- uh, robotic there. On that. Yeah. All right. Uh, one more. When the Spirit says listen, you better listen. When the Spirit says listen, you better listen. When the Spirit says listen, you better listen, oh Lord. When the Spirit says listen, you better listen. 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 All right. So we used to sing that a lot. And that, that song has, a, you know, we, you can do a lot more with it, obviously, with the youth group. Uh, but, but there's a lot of truth to that, that song, isn't there? There's a lot of truth to that song. It's a catchy way to remember what, what, what we're going to see here in Acts 13. And we're going to see in Acts 13 a spirit-led mission, and we're going to see ministry, but it goes for all of our life. Not just ministry, not just missions, but for all of our life, listening to what the Spirit says and following the Spirit. Very, very important. Okay, let's pray again. Father, we thank you for the worship. We thank you for the way the Holy Spirit spoke to us through the worship and and prepared us for your word. And now we just pray that you would prepare us for communion. Not just today, but preparing us to commune with you all the time, Father, every day. I would pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so Acts 12, starting with verse 24, and then we're going to go through 13.3. So not a lot of verses, but that's going to be enough. But the word of the Lord continued to increase and spread. When Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they returned from Jerusalem, taking with them John, also called Mark. <coughs> Still doing my song. In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Wow. All right, so first of all, verse 24, we see the result, the continued results of positive persecution. Remember, we focused on positive persecution and how God used it. And we see the results in verse 24, but the word of God continued to increase and spread. And we saw at the beginning of 12, that was all because of persecution. God uses persecution in a positive way. And then in verse 25, when Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they returned from Jerusalem, taking with them John, also called Mark. So they're returning from their mission. What, does anybody remember what their mission was? I actually had to look it up, too. Uh, Acts 11, 29 through 30, the disciples, each according to his ability, decided to provide help for the brothers living in Judea. They did this, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. Remember, there was a, a famine in that area, and so the, church, the Christians in Antioch sent the gift to Barnabas and Saul. And so they returned from that mission. They're coming back from Jerusalem to Antioch now, when we're, when we're hitting this in Acts 13. And they brought with them John Mark. Mark, who wrote the book of Mark, John Mark, they brought back with him. We're going to focus on him in a few weeks. He has an interesting faith journey. Uh, We'll get to that in a few weeks, which brings us to Acts 13 once again in the first mission trip. The first mission trip in the book of Acts. Lots of us have been, who's been on a mission trip? Lots of people on mission trips, right? Uh, Philippines and the Dominican Republic and, and uh, Peru and lots of different mission trips. Philadelphia, lots of different mission trips. Well, this is the first one in the book of Acts. And let's, let's read the, the, well, we'll start with verse, um, I'm going to read all of them, verse three, one, one to three. In, well, so in the church of Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, 
Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. So we see in verse 1, I'm going to hit 2 and 3 in just a minute, but in verse 1, the church at Antioch had a gifted group of leaders. This is like the dream team, right? This is a dream team. Amazing. A gifted group of prophets and teachers. And we're going to hear from, about, from these guys many times throughout the book of Acts. And, and the impact is just amazing. One of them was named Simeon, also called Niger. And Niger is a Latin word, and it means black. Black. It's actually where we get a common negative name for uh, black people in the past in the U.S. This is where it comes from, all right, the negative derivative. But in the New Testament church, it was not a negative connotation. It was a mark of honor. It was a positive. It was was seen as a positive. It wasn't a put-down, but a positive identification, which is what it should be now, right? Whatever color we are should be a positive. It shouldn't be seen as a negative. When, when, you, when you come to church and, and there's different pastors, we only have, well, we have different pastors, but if you have pastors with, from different uh, colors, they, they, who's preaching today? Oh, the red one, the yellow one, the black pastor's preaching today, the white one. Right? Should be nothing, you know? Uh, and that's what you read in Yellow, Black, and White. I'm using the song, obviously. God, you know, uh, Jesus Loves Little Children. And, and that, that's what it should be like. In, in the body of Christ, color didn't matter. Black Simeon was a leader. He was a leader. And it was obviously a mark of affection. It wasn't seen as any kind of a negative, and it shouldn't matter in the true churches today. We should celebrate the different colors. Notice I didn't say the different races. No, no, no. The different colors, because the Bible says there's only one race, the human race. That's right. The human race is the only race in the Bible. And, and we all need Jesus together, right? But we should celebrate the different colors. Also, Mannion. Look at Mannion here. Look at what Mannion was known for. He was raised with Herod the Tetrarch. Herod the Tetrarch. What did Herod the Tetrarch do? We've been talking about this last couple weeks. He killed... Uh, no, that was Herod the Great. Herod the Tetrarch is his son, and he killed John the Baptist, and he was a player in the crucifixion of Jesus. That's Herod the Tetrarch. And Mannion was raised with him. He grew up with him. They, you know, they, they, you know, had, you know, the same baby bottles. You know, they, you know, they, they were raised, the same education, the same upbringing. Isn't that interesting? The same upbringing. And yet, Mannion, with the same upbringing as wicked King Herod the Tetrarch, puts his faith in Jesus Christ. And he's a leader in the church at Antioch. See, it's not about environment, is it? Everybody says, well, you just get the right environment. It's not about environment. He was raised in the same environment. It comes down to the heart. It's the heart. That's the key. You, we, can, we can come from rich or poor, wicked or godly family background. It doesn't matter. We can and must still put our faith in Jesus Christ. He is the only one who can change the heart. And Mannion is an example of that. All right, so back to the mission trip in verse 2 now. In verse 2, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Once again, Saul, who's going to become 
Paul, and he's still number two. He's not, uh, he's, he's uh, what was that Avis commercial? Uh, you know, he's still number two because he's just being prepared. In time, he's going to be number one, the number one leader, apostle to the Gentiles. Uh, he, you know, Paul, Barnabas, <coughs> excuse me, it's going to be his assistant. But right now, he's still being prepared. He's not Paul yet. He's still being prepared. But notice, um, when, when God planned his first mission trip, and sent them out. Look who he sent out. Who did he send out? Leaders. Pastors. Leaders. He sent out the best of the church. He sent out, not pastors or the best, but the, you know, the, lead, the cream of the, you know, the cream of the crop. The point is, he sent out the leaders, the cream of the crop, those who, who were most vital to the functioning of the church, right? They were really important to that. But God, uh-uh, if, but God says, I'm sending them. You're going to have to do without them. If we're following the Holy Spirit's lead with missions, it should hurt. It should hurt. We should be sending out key leaders. We're not just trying to get rid of somebody, although there's a few of you like to send, but oh, we won't go there. But, but we're, we should be sending out key leaders. Look at what happened with Dave and Megan Adams. They were here last week. They shared. And the big money prizes are here. They, they did finally come through with their big money prize. Remember, the, the, the luggage got lost. The, they, there's, what is it, uh, Brad and Diane? Coffee? Coffee and vanilla. Take your pick. Or take both. You know, put the vanilla in the coffee. But uh, it's great vanilla. It's, it's really strong, too. It's from the DR and then the coffee from the DR. So grab a pack of that. That's to remember to pray for them. All right? So they did send it. But they shared. But I remember Dave had been in the DR before he became our youth pastor. And I remember when Dave and, Meg, and Megan was in the DR also, right? Was she there, too? Both of them. But they came back, and they were our youth did our youth ministry and and they did a great job and they took the youth group on a trip to the dominican republic it was exciting it was awesome we're trying to get another one going again COVID keeps knocking out our plans but uh but they i'll never forget they came back from that mission trip and i remember dave saying to me at lunch one day he goes i feel like the holy spirit's leading me back to the dr to be you know do full-time missions there and i said i I don't think you're hearing right dave keep praying keep praying right (laughs) But, but God did lead them, and you talk about an ouch. Have, uh, have we missed them? I mean, the youth group is still sad about that, right? We've had other great leaders, and we've got good guys now. Uh, but, but it was really sad when they left. It was really hard to, to let them go. But look at the results. Seven and a half years later, the results, the fruit in both of their ministries there in the DR, if you were here last week, you heard their testimony. That's, that's the, the picture of how the Holy Spirit sends. He sends our best. He sends, it's, it's going to hurt. And also notice in, in uh, Acts 13, notice that when he sent them, when did the Holy Spirit send them? While they were doing what? Praying and fasting. Praying and fasting. That's when the Holy Spirit said, send Barnabas and Saul. Send Barnabas and Saul. Probably through a prophet. They had prophets there. Probably one of the prophets stood up and said, God saying, send these guys. Prayer and fasting is vital. It's vital to discern God's will and leading for the church and for our own lives. Prayer and fasting is important. That's the only way our ministry, the only way our mission, and the only way our lives will be spirit-led is if it's, they're based on lots of prayer and fasting. They, they all have to have that foundation. And then look at verse 3. 
<coughs> Excuse me. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. There it is again. Uh, this time fasting first. There it is again. Fasting and prayer. Total dependence. That's the idea behind uh, fasting and prayer, and especially fasting, which I'll talk about a little bit more in a minute. It, it's, it's a total dependence. That's what it is. And then they placed their hands on them, which was a biblical practice to commission. They're setting them apart. They're placing their hands on them. They're, 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 they, we talk about commissioning, co-mission, together, going on that mission. And that's because we're praying for them. We're sending them off. And then they sent them off. Are we ready to go? Are we ready to co, to pray for people and to, to give and to encourage? Are we ready to do that? So we see this biblical spirit-led way to do ministry and mission. This is it. Prayer and fasting, Holy Spirit's leading, sending whoever God calls us to send, no matter how much it hurts, how much it, the ouch is there. So we see this biblical, spirit-led way to do missions and ministry. But there's a lot we can learn here, too, about our own lives. Not just ministry, not just missions, but also we can apply the same, uh, ver- these verses, we can apply them the same way to God's leading in our own life, right? Just as God led the first mission trip this way, he leads us on our trip of life, right? Every step of the way, God leads us. Every step of the way on this this trip of life. You see, when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, the moment you say, God, I believe Jesus died for my sin, I put my faith in Jesus Christ. I turn away from that sin. I put my faith in Jesus Christ. I give my life to him, his death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead. I put my faith in him. I give my life to him. The moment we take that step of faith, who comes inside of us immediately? The Holy Spirit. The very moment you prayed that prayer, the Holy Spirit came inside of you. And if you haven't prayed that prayer yet and you do, the moment you do, the Holy Spirit will actually come inside of you. And once he comes in, it's vital to follow his leading for our lives, to follow his leading, because he's going to speak to us. Uh, Romans 8.15, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit. That we are God's children. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit. Usually and predominantly it's through his word. As we're studying the word, as we're reading his word, as we're meditating, memorizing and meditating on his word, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit's going to just hit us with something right between the eyes. You know what I'm talking about? Powerful, isn't it? Just powerful. And usually through his word, he he speaks to us. Uh, Also through godly advice. A lot of times you go to someone who's more mature spiritually and, (coughs) excuse me, we go for godly advice. That's, That's another way that the Holy Spirit leads us. Another way is through open and closed doors, right? We might want to do something or, or think we were supposed to do something, but God will close the door or he'll open a door. And that's another way we see this all throughout the book of Acts. Wait till we get a little further. Open and closed doors. God is leading. The Holy Spirit is leading. And, and as we're seeking the Holy Spirit's guidance, as we're see, seeking to hear his voice, as we're looking to figure out what his purpose and, and, and what his mission for us each day each day, what is mission for us? It's very important that we are in prayer and fasting. 
prayer and fasting. Prayer, prayer is not something we just kind of do in the morning and then that's it. No, it's something we should do. First thing we do, we, we wake up, should be praying. I do it. You know, what? I'm getting to where I do it before I even get out of bed. I, I know I you know David talks about you know on his bed hearing from God you know meditating on God's word but because once I get out of bed guess what happens life hits right life hits you know a lot of kids <laughs> uh, grandkids you know they're all you know life hits and so I try to really prime the pump before I even get out of bed before I can do anything else that's my prayer time. Then get out and then some more prayer and focus on Bible and stuff. But it, but it just primes the bump. It should be all day long. It's just like breathing. You got to keep breathing, right? <laughs> we got to keep praying. It just should just be natural all day long talking to God in communion with him, which we're going to talk about here. Communion, right? Um, very important that we're praying and fasting. Fasting is also really important. Uh, fasting, there's, there's no legalistic way to do it. But some, I encourage people to start with one meal. Just take off one meal a day, one meal a day, one meal a week, and 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 then during that time, now you've had about an hour. Usually, you, you take eating or you know, you know, lunch hour. Uh, take that time to pray. That's a whole hour that you wouldn't normally get. Focus on that. But also, when we're fasting, we end up hungry, and every time you feel that hunger pain, that's a reminder to be hungry for God, to be hungry for His Word. To that, you know how you just feel if you. In, in, I, I try to fast once a week for 24 hours, like lunch to lunch or something. And by the end, of, you start to feel weak, right? And that's a reminder, God, I need you. I that's a, a physical reminder of a spiritual reality that God, we, I need you. I need you. I need your mercy and grace. We always do, right? But that fasting is a reminder that we need that. So I, I, I encourage everybody to fast, wh- whether it's a meal or whether it's certain things you like to eat or whether it's 24 hours or, or super spiritual. You can go 40 days and 40 nights like Moses and Jesus. But anyway, uh, uh, but that, that, that fasting and prayer is so important. And as we do that, as we're, <coughs> excuse me, as we're hungry for God and his will, He's going to make his will clear to us. He's going to make his will clear to us as we're praying. He's going to show us what he wants. And as he, as we, we have to listen to him. Listen to the Holy Spirit every day, whether it's the daily mission or the weekly mission or the life's mission. God will make that clear to us. Listen to what Romans 12 says. Romans 12 talks about knowing God's will. In Romans 12, 1 to 2, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Hey, worship's awesome, right? But our main worship is living a holy life. That's the main worship. Then he says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will know what God's. Gotta go look here. Then you will know what God's. Oh, it's a different version. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is His good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's the problem with memorizing verses in different versions, right? Okay. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Then. You get that? You get the progression? The progression is as we offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, and as we fight against conforming to the world, 
Not being squeezed into the world's mold, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. How do we do that? Through the Holy Spirit and the Word and prayer. As we do that and we're transformed, the results will be, in verse 2, the result will be we will know God's will for our life. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. We'll be able to, we'll be able to, test, we'll be able to understand and know what God's will is for our life. You know why? Because we'll be living it. We'll be living His will. What is God's number one goal for our life? Holiness. He wants us to be like Jesus. He wants to get us to get rid of sin in our life, which holds us down and, 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 and paralyzes us spiritually. He wants us to be like Jesus. Holiness is Jesus. He wants us to live like Jesus Christ. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. And do not think about how to gratify the desires of sinful nature. Uh, Romans 13, 14, right? He wants to, us to be like Jesus Christ. That's his number one goal for us. So that why? Because what does sin do? It, it trips us up. It, 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 it steals our joy. It steals our peace. It, it takes away our spiritual power. It, it keeps us fulfilling God's purpose in, in our lives. And that's why we want to be holy, we, because it, like Jesus Christ, so that we can fulfill God's purpose for our lives. So he can fulfill his purpose for our lives in us. We are all, all on a mission from God, every one of us. Everyone is on a mission for God, and it's vital to daily pray and to seek God's purpose for our life for his glory. Daily praying and seeking his purpose, his will for his glory. And the key to do that is we have to stay in communion. Communion. Well, that's why we take communion. We're going to take communion in just a few moments. Whoever wants to do that, there's no pressure to do it. But that's why we do. Communion is a reminder of everything I've just said to you. Communion is a reminder that Jesus died on the cross for us. He gave his life to break the power of sin, to break the power of the devil, to break the power of the world in our life. Jesus died on that cross. He gave his body, which we have the, 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 the bread, and he gave his blood, which is the, the grape juice there. Uh, he gave his body and blood to break that power. And what it is, we, 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 like I said, we take the, the bread, we take the cup. How we take it, when, after we, Todd's going to lead us into some worship and prayer, and then we take it at that time. Uh, the, the reasons why we shouldn't take it, number one, if we haven't put our faith in Jesus Christ yet, we shouldn't take it. It's okay. You're on a faith journey. There's no pressure. We're not taking attendance here. You know, there's no videotaping. Uh, uh, so you, it's, it's okay <coughs> that if you don't take uh, communion. But... That's why we shouldn't take it, because we can't take the Lord's Supper in an unworthy way. But I would encourage you to put your faith in Jesus Christ today and take it. You know, you can't do that if you're ready to surrender your life to him. The second reason why we shouldn't take it is if there's unconfessed sin in our life. Notice I didn't say sin in our life because none of us could take it. All right? But unconfessed, something that we're not willing to give to God and ask him to help us fight against it. We don't come to the throne of grace for mercy and grace to help us. If we're not willing to do that, we say, no, you can have all these, but you can't have this one. I'm hanging on to this one. All right? Uh, if that's the case, 
don't take the Lord's Supper. We, uh, don't take the communion because we all have. It's important we don't come to the table in an unworthy way. Uh, but I would encourage you, whatever you are hanging on to, to give it to God right now. As we go to this time of prayer, surrender it. Surrender your life to Jesus Christ and then surrender whatever he's convicting our heart about. Give it to him and then commune, commune. Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ yet? John 3.16 talks about how to do that. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? The word there for believe doesn't mean intellectual. It's a lot deeper than that. It means faith. It means to completely put your trust in Jesus' death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead, to cleanse us from sin and to make us children of God and give us a brand new life. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? You can do that right now. In just a moment, we're going to pray. And as Christians, once again, Romans 12, 1 and 2, therefore I... I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That should be our New Year's commitment, to not be conformed, but be transformers, to live holy and pleasing lives. Let's pray. Wow, that's enough to pray about for the new year, right? How is God preparing us for communion? How is he speaking to us? Maybe here as a Christian, there's something blocking your relationship with God that needs to be confessed, needs to be prayed about. You can, you can give that to God right now. Come to the throne of grace for his mercy and grace. Let us then approach the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and grace. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about? Maybe it's even beyond a prayer. Maybe there's a commitment you need to make. Maybe you've been carrying something for a long time and you know that in order to be really free, you're going to have to get some help. You're going to have to get some Christian fellowship and some Christian brothers and sisters to come alongside of you and help you break something. That's why it says in James, confess your sins one to another so that you may be healed. There's a power in sharing our struggle. There's a a whole new freedom in that. And I want to encourage you, if there's something, to share it with a a trusted brother or sister. Maybe maybe get to one of the groups that we have. We have so many different groups. We have the purity group and the women's study and uh, the, the celebrate recovery. So many different groups to help us break free and live free in Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here today and you've never put your faith in Jesus. You've never received the Holy Spirit. But today could be the day of a brand new birth, 2022. The new year could be the year that you remember. That's when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. That's when you gave your life to Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You can pray the prayer of faith right where you are, your heart to God's heart. The simple prayer of faith, God, I repent. I don't want the sin. I don't want the shame. I don't want the garbage. I don't want the the chains, the shackles anymore. I repent. Of everything in my life that goes against your word. I ask you to forgive me. Wash me clean. By the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm putting my faith in Jesus Christ. Your son, your one and only son, I put my faith in him. His death, his resurrection. I put my faith in him. I give my life to Jesus. If you have prayed that prayer of faith, you're in for the shock of your life. Because the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is now inside of you, making you a brand new creature, a brand new creation in Jesus Christ. Your life will never be the same. You can now commune with God anytime, anywhere. And I want to encourage you to let somebody know. If you've taken that step of faith, let a family member or a friend or tell me on the way tell, tell me on the way out or email me, text me. Let somebody know so we can encourage you in your new life in Christ. Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would move in our lives now. In Jesus' name.